Let me begin this evening by saying that my story of faith may seem special, but I am not special. I have sinned and will sin, but God continues to bless me by offering forgiveness and guidance each day in this journey I've on this earth of life. Because my life began in a very special way, therefore each day is a blessing for me. I was born on August 17, 1947, as a premature baby, weighing only three pounds, 10 ounces. By the second day of life, my weight dropped to just barely three pounds. To survive at that time and to survive without any long-term health problems was clearly a miracle. And also my survival at birth was solely by the grace of God. Therefore, I've had a lifelong yearning to know what am I supposed to do with this special gift. Again, I was blessed to be born into a family with strong Christian beliefs, baptized and confirmed in the Lutheran Church, and encouraged to attend services regularly and be active as a church member. During my youth and throughout much of my adult life, another miracle occurred in our family. My younger brother Dave was born with a health condition called cystic fibrosis. Shortly after his birth, my parents were told that Dave would not likely live past the age of four. Through the years, I saw how Dave's strong faith allowed him to do daily therapy, endure many hospitalizations, live through a double lung transplant, and live to the age of 56 before his death. This could only be explained by God showering caring love on my brother. My adult life has been full of many blessings. Donna and I have been married 47 years. We have four adult children and 10 wonderful grandchildren. In addition, I enjoyed a very rewarding career in the construction industry until my retirement in 2015. God blessed me with the opportunity to lead a great company for 25 years. And I also had the opportunity to impact the union painting industry on the national level. Life was indeed very good. Sometimes things were going so well that on occasion it was easy to forget about the role of God and think, boy, all this was my doing. All of that changed on March 13, 2009, when our oldest son, Michael, died by suicide at the age of 33. For a few moments, I want to provide some of my thoughts regarding suicide and mental illness. First of all, I stated that Michael died by suicide. When we use the term committed suicide, we blame the person. On the other hand, I choose to blame the many illnesses that Michael lived with. Michael lived with several illnesses of the brain that we typically call mental illnesses. Unfortunately, these illnesses clouded Michael's thinking, they caused him endless pain, and they ultimately extinguished all hope. There are also many barriers to mental illness which prevent 
most people from getting the care that they need most. Unfortunately, with people, people with a mental illness don't have any visible signs of illness. Also, because of the stigma and shame associated with mental illness, a person living with mental illness will mask their pain and not acknowledge their pain. If you saw Michael, you would never know that he was experiencing intolerable pain his last year of life. He would cover it with that big, warm smile. It was a mask of his pain. Furthermore, with a mental illness, and Michael served this, he was ashamed of his illness and frustrated that he couldn't beat the, the pain of that illness. So I would submit a beginning step in changing pre prevalent attitudes regarding those living with a mental illness is the terminology that we use. Rather than saying, for instance, he's bipolar, instead we should say he's living with bipolar disorder. This separates the person from the illness. We need to be hard on the illness and compassionate with the person. So on to my faith story. My faith was very important and a force in my life, but upon Michael's death, my entire world was shaken, including my faith. I asked God, why weren't my prayers to give Michael peace of mind? Why were they not answered? Why did God allow this to happen? I've been faithful. I didn't deserve this. I was very angry with God. Do you notice all those pleas were about me? I didn't recognize until later that God was always at my side. You might ask, how was God at my side during this period of turmoil? Through the Holy Spirit, others came to my aid without me doing anything. Shortly after Michael's death, I contacted SAVE, Suicide Awareness Voice for Education, and just got some information. A few days later, a leader called me and said, I'd like you to join our support group. I had never been one to be in a support group. This was a new experience. I said, okay, I'll try it. I attended meetings of that group for over three years. During that period of time, I was able to begin healing by sharing my pain and guilt with other men who had also lost loved ones to suicide. For the next few years, my pain and despair, however, continued. Finally, in desperation, I told God, I can't handle the guilt and the pain of Michael's death anymore. I told God I was turning that over to him. Slowly, over the next many months, my pain began to ease. At this point, I was reminded of what a business coach once told me. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I'm just going to say that again because it sounds, it's a hard concept. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And of course, in this case, the teacher was God. I was now ready to listen to God rather than tell God. Up to this point in my prayers, I was usually concerned about my will by making requests on God regarding my needs. Suddenly the phrase of the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, gained new meaning. I now ask God, what was his will for me? 
Rather than continuing to be angry, I asked God, what do you want me to do about Michael's death? Since that point, God has continued to guide me through prayer and by the Holy Spirit working through others. So at that time, my sister who's here tonight, Leslie, called me and said, I'd like you to speak at my PEO women's group about Michael's journey. I wasn't sure I was able to do that at the time, but I did. And I found through that, one, I was well received, and two, it was starting to continue my healing. Since that time, over the last four years, I've been invited to speak at many, many events regarding mental illness and suicide prevention. Events sponsored by the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, the Minnesota chapter, church events, and construction industry events. Last year, I spoke at 19 events throughout the United States. I had the opportunity to publish three articles, and I've been able to participate on a national webinar regarding suicide prevention. None of this has happened by my doing, but all of this happened because of God's caring guidance. I am merely an instrument to do what God wants me to do in honor of our son, Michael, and to help others who live with mental illness and those who have lost loved ones to suicide. I have been blessed by my, for my entire life by God's caring love, and hopefully that shines through me. I believe that God desires each of us to use our talents as a blessing for others. That brought me to remind me of an old song I learned in Sunday school many years ago. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I conclude with what is God's will for you and how are you letting God's light shine in the world? <laughs>